Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Following On County Cricketer. I'm John Norman from Talk Sports. Steve Harmison's with us, um, uh, winner of the County Championship back in the day and from the Cricketer magazine, George DeBell and Nick Friend, who's complaining about being tired. Um, more of that later. Um, look, it's been an incredible conclusion to the County Championship. But wow, what an ending. Um, I saw a tweet, I think it was Kevin Howes yesterday. Not complaining, but he was kind of a little bit upset that maybe the last day of the county championship wasn't going to be too exciting. Middlesex wrapping up promotion yesterday and, uh, you know, Yorkshire weren't going to lose, were they? And Warwickshire weren't going to win, were they? Well, Yorkshire did lose and Warwickshire did win. And it was quite the most incredible end of season that I, I can remember. Now, I don't know, but I'd like to know. George, let's start with you first. We've had last day drama before, of course. It wasn't that long ago. We were all watching Transfixed at Lords, Yorkshire and uh, Middlesex, you know, with Somerset watching from back home in Taunton on the big screen as uh, as Middlesex uh, triumphed. That was incredible drama, of course. Today, at the bottom end of the table, I mean, have you seen anything quite like what, what we witnessed today? Oh, yeah, of course. You know what, it finished uh, like that last year pretty much as well. It, it was brilliant. Uh, it, it was, do you know what, you, you do, uh, you, and you can get yourself into a state at this stage of the season where you're a little bit tired and you're a little bit dispirited in particular because of, uh, you know, the changes that are mooted. And then the game has a habit of reminding you how bloody great it is. Uh, and, and, it, and it was really, it was a really wonderful day. It was a really fun day. It was a surprising day. A lovely story behind Liam Norwell. You know who, who who's battled through all sorts of things. I've just written about it, so I don't I don't want to bore everybody with it. But maybe have a read. I don't know. And it was really good quality as well. And it feels as if county cricket needed an advert at present. And by God, it got one. And there were quite a lot of people watching. I think it what we saw showed how much it mattered to so many people. And it was uh, just a reminder of what we required of uh, what a what a super game we have, what a super competition we have. There are issues, of course there are, we all know there are. But there's a lot to like, and I, I, I wish we nurtured it rather more than talked it down. It was, it was a terrific day, a, a really great way to go into autumn. Um, and uh, the last week or so, I've tried to get around lots of grounds. New Road yesterday, Grace Road last week. I was meant to be in Manchester today, but back in Birmingham. God, it was a joy. I bloody loved it. Loved the company of colleagues, loved the quality of cricket, loved the stories that are out there. It was brilliant. 
Yeah, well said, George. What, what about you, Harmy? I mean, from a player's perspective, sport is always about those scenes, isn't it? And and it wasn't quite a winner and a loser today because, of course, Hampshire they they couldn't win the title. Disappointed to lose, of course. But there was there was a winner, Warwickshire. They've avoided relegation. The losers were like Somerset a couple of years ago. They were watching on the TV, no doubt, following on the streams. I mean, what incredible numbers for that stream. I think when I started watching when Hampshire were... Well, Hampshire's inning started, basically. I think there was about 2,500 watching. It then quickly jumped up to about 4,500. And as they started losing the wickets, I I think George mentioned before we went to air, it was up to about 16,500 watching by the time Liam Norwell... Did a little bit of it. It was a bit like Devon Malcolm back in the day. It wasn't nine for 57, nine for what, 64 or something. Ridiculous. But from a, you've been there, both sides of, of, of the equation. Give us a, a little bit of a, an idea of how those two dressing rooms in, uh, in Birmingham and, and in Yorkshire are going to, be, going to be feeling tonight. I think the Yorkshire one will be a, a difficult one to be in. It did, I would imagine Yorkshire's been in a difficult dressing room to be in all summer. Even from the, we have the, the first of January, when the when the players reported back, I was there when for the first few few weeks, and it was it was a difficult dressing room then because of all the uncertainty what was happening, and then the roller coaster of their season, they didn't start too badly, I didn't think Yorkshire, and and they just couldn't win. Literally, Yorkshire's problem this year is they haven't been able to win. They've won one game, drawn seven all summer, so. Look, it'll be it's heartbreaking for Goffey, it's heartbreaking for Otis, um, but brilliant for Warwickshire. Um, Liam Norwell, what a you've got to be so pleased for Liam Norwell. He was nearly on a plane to the West Indies. He nearly got into a, a Test match squad at the start of at the start of March. He was an injury reserve, so you know, fair play to him because he's he has suffered, and I know what bowlers are like. It took me back to took me back to the you mentioned County Championship winner two thousand and eight. Probably the greatest, the greatest day I've ever had on a cricket pitch. Better than, better than 2005 because this was my club. Yeah, I, me and Collie were the history of Durham County Cricket Club. We had 92 was the first start. 96, we came to there. 2008, we won the championship. We won the championship in the Dartford Tunnel because we, you know, we bowled Kent out. Again, scenes like what we had at Hampshire today. Callum Thorpe got seven for the jubilation of everything that was going. And we had to wait. We were on the bus waiting for Hampshire and Knotts to you know, nuts to blow up before we won the championship. So I know what it feels like, and it's great. It's, it's an unbelievable feeling. I know they didn't win the championship, but from a player's point of view, I don't think I've ever been rele- I don't think I've been relegated, but I have. Well, I might have, but because I played for Durham, and Durham weren't very good back in the day. But to be in that dressing room of what Warwickshire have, that will be like winning the title. Because, like George mentioned, so much going on up and down, and where the the cricket could be in the next sort of year and a bit. And if you end up in the second division, that's a long way back if Strauss gets his way with three conferences uh, three conferences of six. That That is pretty amazing what he's just said there, yeah, about winning the championship with Durham being a better day than winning the Ashes in 2005. Because 2005, that was a big day for the country. I mean, most of us, with any interest in cricket, remember what we were doing, where we were and what happened and all the rest of it. So it just is another reminder of how much this matters to people. Uh, and I, 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 I kind of feel that Andrew Strauss has, has lost his buoyant enthusiasm for the game somewhere. And I kind of wish he was here. You know, I, I say this to colleagues sometimes, that if uh, we all go through these stages, that if you've lost your way a bit, if you're feeling dispirited, go to Taunton. 
go and watch a couple of days in Taunton. Spend some time in the press box in Taunton. It's great fun. And, and reconnect with the game. And I kind of think that's what Strauss ought to do. He ought to come and see how bloody good it was. He had to see how much fun it was, the quality, the intensity, the passion. And, and you know, in a way, this relegation will cost Yorkshire nothing in terms of finances. But by God, it will sting. It'll hurt. And that is kind of the perfect disincentive, isn't it? We've got something so good. We've almost got it so good with promotion and relegation. We should be seizing it and hugging it and protecting it. What about you, Nick? There's been so many stories in and around the individuals that have taken place. I mean, we've just heard about Liam Norwell. We know about the injury problems he's had. The fact that he came so close to playing for England and he could have played for England this summer. But, uh, you know, what are, what, are the, what are the stories that you're going to be taking away from the county championship this season as you, as you look back? Um, just for that, actually, just one, just one, one more thing on Norwell and what went on today. I mean, I would wager that if if Liam Norwell's fit for more than four games, Warwickshire are nowhere near this predicament in the first place. But equally, if he'd not pulled up fit for this week, obviously, I mean, they wouldn't. They'd probably be in Division Two. I mean, but equally, you know, it's funny. Yorkshire will say the same thing. I mean, Matt Fisher missed virtually all season, um, having started the season really well, having impressed the Caribbean. Ben Code played. Played very little by, by his standards, and and I mean beyond everything else, I mean actually a year and a year where taking wickets has been, you know, unusually the challenge for teams to, to. I think it speaks volumes that you know two pretty good sides with who had two pretty stacked batting lineups, you know, sort of lost their key weapons and and didn't fall apart, but just couldn't win games. Just as Simon says, Yorkshire won once; they didn't lose every week. They just they just couldn't get over the line, and that. Ultimately, I think Kent were in exactly the same position until a couple of weeks ago. So they won a couple. You know, Gloucestershire look back and think if they'd won a couple, if they'd won a couple of close games, they lost early season. They could well have beaten Northants twice. In the end, they lost. They lost them once, drew them once. Obviously, win their last two games with a very good spinner on, on turning pitches. And, and actually, in Tom Price, who I think is has gone under the radar somewhat, but I think is is going to be seriously good. If he speaks to a lot of batters in in Div One, they've been extremely impressed. They took an eight for last week, and which ironically aren't. I think with the best figures in Div One of the year for about today five days <laughs> until Norwell took his took his spot today. Um, but there, there are so many stories always are, aren't there? I mean, I don't know where to start. I mean, so I was at, I was at Sussex yesterday to watch one of the most extraordinary afternoons batting I've, I've ever seen between Ali Orr and Tom Haynes. I know there's a lot of talk about Tom Haynes, but Ali Orr, I think, is going to be exceptional. He, he reminded me of it was like, like watching Triscothic at times and. But I mean, that's, that's just the last two days. I mean, if I, I could go back to the number of guys who, I'm always just pleased for the, the good guys. And you know, you look at Toby Rowland Jones getting through a season not just unscathed, but taking seventy odd wickets. Tom Helm, you know, to get, together the two of them have hardly played a game in Ribble Creek for the last few years. And Helm's ended. I mean, Helm's missing now because he's on England, he's on England tour in Pakistan. I mean, they're they're really lovely stories of good guys who've who frankly have deserved a bit of luck. I mean. Well, so Will McPherson tweeted earlier, I completely agreed about Ed Barnard, and very good cricketer for a very long time. Thoroughly deserved his shot at Div 1. It would have been a real shame if he'd joined, joined Warwickshire on the way down. I mean, he'd been he'd been back at New Road next year on the other side. You know, it's been heartening to see, yeah, good people do well. And I thought Surrey were excellent champions and, you know, probably took the foot off the gas a bit this week. And But, you know, if they'd gone through the season unbeaten with the tools they had, with the depth they had... You know, with the number of players they had missing to, to England and, and franchise cricket a lot of the time, I mean, and then also, of course, you just look at the number of runs. I mean, this if you sort of go back, heart back to March, and 
all the talk was about pitches and how you weren't producing runs, you know, batters for for Test cricket. And ironically, I think the way that this summer has gone has it's not fixed anything. Not didn't say it's fixed things, but but the summer has ended with England picking bowlers based on what they've done in the championship because they've seen how hard it is to take wickets on good pitches. Whether that's Matt Potts, whether that's you know Sam Connor's got a Lions go, Liam Norwell got a go last winter on the back of playing a very good pitch at Edgebaston. So it is, it is it is possible and. Um, and then obviously we've seen Harry Brick who had a brilliant, you know, brilliant start to the summer and has carried that through. And yeah, so I'd like, I feel I feel like it's worked in a lot of ways. It worked well in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from the numbers on the stream today. I mean, if I was being if I was being slightly facetious, play devil's advocate. I mean, seventeen odd thousand at its peak. You know, that would just about fill three quarters of Craven Cottage, wouldn't it? When, like when, we don't want to kid us. You know, it's there is so much good about it that don't need. I don't think we need to overplay what happened perhaps but um but no I, think no, we do. I thought today was brilliant it was no absolutely but i don't but i don't think i don't necessarily think 17,000 is is a figure that people who you know who people are on the other side of this let's say who who see a chance to to squeeze the game will will you know be particularly taken by that's but no look, i thought today was i thought today was fantastic and george <laughs> had had Langston not done the business yesterday as we said george would have been old Old Trafford for us today, and we'd have, we the cricketer would have been, um, <laughs> we'd all been sat on the stream rather kicking ourselves for not having someone on, you know in place. So it's mad what the game can do. I say I went, you know, I went to, I went to Worcester. I think I'd watched the last rights Division Two and watched the second team coming up. And in the end, I went to the only, only game where where balls are bowled. Um, so that was more for me, you know, nice little five thirty train, but <laughs> we made mistakes. May I just come in again on on, on Liam Norwell because uh, the injury has been sort of used as. Yeah, the excuse for what happened, but actually uh, he, he was very emotional after this game. What, what actually happened is he had a, his first child around the time of that Caribbean tour and admits uh, he didn't answer his phone for a month. It's entirely possible. He was called up. The selectors were trying to get hold of him. So basically he had a son and uh, a day old he contracted meningitis and as uh, Liam Norwell puts it, he almost died. And at that stage... Cricket's out the window, isn't it? Who cares about that? And thankfully, uh, he's come through that, but he obviously had quite a long time in hospital and quite a long time uh, worried, and he actually hurt his back because he spent so long sleeping in a hospital chair. So, uh, you know, there are all these things going on in the background of people's lives that we don't necessarily know about. Uh, And it's an amazing story and a really lovely story that someone who's been through so much and works so hard and is just a... A good old-fashioned pro in lots of ways has uh, has had this moment where he's able to sort of uh, look back at a desperately traumatic time with with a bit of joy. It's a, it's a lovely story, but it's not just about injury. Uh, it, it's you know there's a lot more depth to it than that, perhaps. That puts life in perspective, though, doesn't it? That just tells you everything about characters we've got playing our game, and it's as simple as that. You know, yes, we've got a job. I said from the Creative Collective this week about. Why county cricket needs to change too much? Do we play? Why are people saying we play far too much? I don't think there's a problem about playing too much. I just think there's a problem with scheduling is when it fits into the calendar around the 100. And I think what what my biggest thing was, I went to Durham for four days. I couldn't do the second game because I had to do my day job because I had a couple of other things to go on. So I missed the trip to Knott's. But I loved them four days at Durham. It was back where I belonged in a dressing room, was back in the environment I was comfortable in. 
and watching the game of cricket that I enjoy watching. There were a few people, a few more people the next day, some very, very good talented players playing on the, but they were making a living. That's the thing that we, I think this review has lost its way a little bit. Is we've got, yes, there's a lot of people saying we've got dead wood. We possibly have, but there's a lot of people trying to make a living and forging a career for themselves, as well as hopefully clubs trying to develop younger players to play for England. And I watched Sussex, who were bottom of the bottom of the championship. But I looked at that team and I thought there's about three or four individuals there that could play for England. Really could. I looked at three or four individuals and thinking, if, if you drop two or three of them into a Surrey dressing room or a Lancashire dressing room, wouldn't look out of place, probably thrive a little bit more. So are Sussex doing it badly by neglecting 40 cricket and throwing all the youngsters going? There's going to come a time where them young players are going to need help and direction and Pajara give them that. But I also looked at them three or four individuals and I thought, you know what? You've got a chance of, if you continue to play for England here because you've got talent. And that sometimes gets lost when you're talking about review systems and going to six teams because we want all the best players playing against the best. We don't live in a perfect world. We never have in this country. And for me, that's why the, that's the beauty about county cricket. Well said. And on Norwell as well, he wasn't actually fit to play. He'd been ruled out for the season. Genuinely, he'd been ruled out for the season. And he, he desperately wanted to play because he felt he had let his colleagues down, which of course he hadn't. But he felt he had because he hadn't been able to play. And so he desperately wanted to. He's, he's worrying, I think I've said in my piece, he's worrying more, he's strapped up like a dummy, uh, like a mummy, rather. And uh, he, he wanted to play and he's just taken a nine for him. I mean, it's incredible uh, because he was desperate and it matters so much. So uh, a lovely story, whichever way you look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, um, Harmi made mention of the review, the proposals. Where are we, George, um, in terms of that review? How, there's a lot of anger on social media and social media isn't always the gauge of really where anything's going ever. But essentially, um, you are the man in the know to get these proposals through, I'm right in saying you need 12 of the 18 counties to agree to them. 15 of the counties are members member-led, which means essentially it's going to have to go to a vote within those counties. What are the chances of the proposals going through? And am I right in thinking that essentially what's on the table can move in terms of T20, i.e. it'll go from seven to the 10 games that the counties want, but... There's less movement in terms of the the county championship. Um, well, that, well, that's sort of that last bit, sort of my theory. Where are we? First of all, let's answer that bit. That there's almost no chance of those plans going forward in the current shape, or uh, pretty much none. Uh, you know, miracles happen. I've just watched one here, <laughs> but I'd be really, really surprised. Almost universal condemnation from the counties. I think uh, Strauss has overplayed his hand. I think he had thought he had more power than he had. I think the previous regime would have helped him push these things through. But we've got a, a, a more democratic regime. We get, we're seeing the counties more respectful of their members. There are none of the non-disclosure agreements that we saw when they tried to implement, or when they did implement the 100. So I think people have looked at what he said and said, Pfft. so I don't think they'll go through. Now, you make a point. Is it possible that... Uh, so at the moment, there are, this season, there were seven T20 home games and it's been cut to five in the schedule. Is it possible that if the ECB say, oh, we could maybe go back up to six or seven, that the counties have come round? Sure it is. 
it is definitely possible. I, I hear those conversations have started to happen. We're currently up to six. But I think that actually that there is some concern about the, um, about the, the, the lack of first-class cricket. And it's not just that the, mem- the, the county executives are worried about what their membership think, although that is a factor, make no bones about it, because they're member-run club and they can vote them out of office. But they're also genuinely concerned that this isn't a particularly good schedule, that there isn't enough championship cricket, that there's this ridiculous idea for sort of festival games during August. So I think that um, at the moment, I think it's unlikely there'll even be a vote and that, um, you know, Strauss has been given out and that's an end of it. But there will no doubt be conversations in the background. And the big caveat here is there's also an ongoing financial review, which Fanos Hira, the chair of Worcestershire, is in charge of. Now, he has access to figures and facts and data at the ECB that no one ever has done before. And I think that what he may find, my hypothesis would be, is that the 100 is costing a huge amount more money than they are telling us masses amount more uh, and at that stage when we receive that data and we're talking six seven eight weeks away then we should have another look at everything uh it doesn't necessarily mean that the hundreds floor just because it's very expensive i think cricket australia spent a lot of money on the big bash didn't necessarily turn a profit for a long time but it still did a great job but but let's have all the facts let's have the truth so there's a lot of a lot still to play out here and i don't think anyone normo could tell you with any degree of certainty what's going to happen you'd be guessing but right now Strauss's review is not looking as if it's going to be passed in any way like its current form uh, and um, there's going to be a lot more debating in the weeks to come what what, what are you hearing in in Durham Harmy because of course there's no you've got to travel miles for a hundred team there Durham are not a team that would be in the top top division they're the kind of county that would lose however many days cricket. I mean, what you, I've been where you live. You've got county cricketers living on every bloody street. It's ridiculous. You're just churning them out. They all go to the golf club. I mean, you know, it's just a talent factory. But what, what are you hearing in and around the county that you, you, know, that you refer to as home? Yeah, it, a bit like what George has said. The members, the members want to watch cricket. It's as simple as that. A lot of people in this country want to watch cricket. Like George has said, I don't think this gets off the ground. In the review, 12, 13, 14 points, not a problem with, because they're simple. But the, the big stumbling block, I think, is championship, first-class cricket, the where the scheduling is. Obviously, there's a lot of members don't like the 100, especially the ones that haven't got access to their own space, their own ground. Whether the 100 goes down the IPO roll and gets two more teams, if it does, Durham will be one of them, because geographically, they've got to get a little bit further north, north and north of Leeds. Will that appease them up here? Probably not, no, because there's a lot of people like watching championship cricket up here. I was looking at it the other day and you're thinking, if you're a member of a cricket club and you haven't got 100 on your doorstep and you're a, mem- and you're a, a, a county member, going to the, the new schedule, you, you, you have a bad 50-over competition, five T20 games and five championship games. You've got 25 days of cricket as a member of a cricket club, 25 days in a whole summer. It's ridiculous. So I think that's what they'll be saying. And I know for a fact they are saying it because they told me that last week when I was at Durham. And I still I still can't understand why the schedule can't be changed in such a way where we've seen what to this game is, promotion, relegation. I think Strauss is trying to... He's got all the good intentions of the England cricket team. 
but I've said this many, many times. Cricket in this country is not just about the England cricket team. Football in this country is not just about the Premier League. I, I, I managed at non-league level. I love non-league football. A hell of a lot of people in this country love non-league football. They love their club. And the club needs to play grassroots cricket. They love their club. And that's the thing that I think this review has missed. Yes, we want, we'll produce cricketers. We will produce cricketers. Produce many cricketers to play at home. We just can't produce cricketers to play away from home. But for me, and for probably what the members are saying is, the game of the first class game of cricket in this country has been very, very difficult. It has been very, very tough to play. There's been a lot of games. There's been a lot of cricket played. I don't see why that needs to change to for us to think that we are going to be a better team because we play less cricket. I think it could be scheduled better. Yes, give people more time off. For me, first class cricket should be a revol- revolve around the test matches. You should play first class cricket up until the first day of the second test in the, f- the first half of the summer. And then you should play at least two four-day games leading into the next test series, which is in the back end of the summer, and then work your calendar around that. For me, that's that should be common sense. Um, but not common sense doesn't always prevail in suits in making decisions. Uh, just on that as well, um, the um, if, if it were really about high performance only, if it were really about high performance of the England team, you wouldn't have a bloody great tournament in the middle of August, taking the prime weeks of the summer that no one else plays. Let's let's be honest; it's not about high performance. They've got an agenda. They've tried, some of it's about high performance, but you can't honestly tell me that basing the most funding, the best weeks, all the scheduling, compromising everything else for a tournament that no one plays at international is about high performance. He's done a very poor job, sadly, Andrew Strauss. I, I, I've been reminded many times this week of the Dad's Army theme. You know, that who do you think you are kidding, Mr Strauss, if you think the counties are done? Because they're not, and he's just been beaten by them. Nick... Do you, sometimes when I cast my eye at the way cricket seems to be going, and, and I think sadly it is going the way of uh, of T20 domestic leagues everywhere uh, over international cricket. But do you, I, I think to myself, I'm not sure I would have got into this sport in the way that I did if, if it was as it's going to be back at where I started watching. Do you feel the same? Like for somebody that writes so passionately and so well with such knowledge about about all formats of the game. I mean, you were, you know, you were churning out the articles in much the same way during the 50-over cup as you were during the county championship. But if your schedule suddenly looked so skinny in terms of the four-day stuff and so weighted towards the white ball stuff, 50-over, 20-over, 100-ball, are you, are you as interested does Nick friend the, the cricket fan growing up? Is is that what is? Are you as interested writing about that as you are about four day stuff? I'm probably the wrong person to ask this to because I've got I've got a really probably quite boring probably two quite probably two quite boring answers to this, which will which is just one the radio ones. A I got into the game through playing it, and I, I think I I think yeah I grew up playing, and then I think I. You know, frankly, if I'd been if I'd rocked up to watch one ball games, like I'd, I'd I'd sort of been sold what I was playing, and that was good enough for me. Um, and the other part, and the other my other boring answer is it's, it's a good question. I mean, my my boring answer is that, as I said earlier, with you know talking about I guess good things happening to good people and that kind of thing. I've I've always loved the human side of sport, and look whether or not it's four day cricket, five day cricket, hundred ball cricket, sixty ball cricket, um, you've got humans playing it, and for the time being at least. And I 
you know, while while there are human, as George just you know spoke about spoke about Liam Norwell, like Liam Norwell just before. I mean, I, I think I've honestly always found the, the human side probably more interesting than than anything else. I mean, that's, that is that's my boring answer, um, which is that actually, yeah, you know, you give give, give me cricket, and I'll you know I like, I watched you know I did a lot of Roland stuff, but I but I did a lot of hundred stuff as well, and I did a lot, did a lot of blast, and I do have been you know withing and women a lot of the summer and um so give me cricket and i'll watch it and i'll enjoy it um and i will you know, write about it but um speaking yeah to be honest almost speaking as the young the young player that i was once um i did i love again i do love a long game of cricket and that's not saying i don't like t20 cricket it's not saying i'm not enjoying the hundred but i i like a game with yeah i don't know i've always, I've always just enjoyed i really enjoy the royal under cup because i really enjoy 50 over cricket and by the sounds of it, I'm in a very small minority these days. But no, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's had it would have you know it would have affected where I came into the game. But genuinely, I got into it through yeah, I guess playing initially, and then sort of human stories around it. And I, I think they will always exist. You know, however you frame the game, whatever whatever's on the line. Um, but I don't disagree with what George and Army are saying on the more in, on the more important issue than my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, for me, when I look at what what the arguments are, and they say there's franchise cricket around the world, and this that and the other. There's place for everything. That's the thing that I, I get annoyed at. There's there's place for everything because some players are developed in a different way. You know, like I mentioned before, the Sussex players. You got to start somewhere. You know, you have these leagues. You have them all over the world. You embrace the hundred, but you make sure that everything flows into it, and you make sure that people are given a chance to find their own pathway. Find their own way through. There are going to be players that go off and chase money. Not a problem. Let them go. See you later. Kieran Pollard's, all these guys. The things I have in, like, like Sir Chris Gale and A.B. De Villiers, they played 100 tests before they went and changed their money. There are some players who aren't interested in playing test match cricket. Liam Livingston, great talent, will probably would never play another Red Bull game. You'll go and play franchise cricket around the world. So be it. Let him go and play. But there are players who are playing and earning a living and trying to be the best player they possibly can. And that comes, and that's always starts, always starts at first class level. It always starts at the bottom. And then where they go from there, so be it. But for me, I think we're trying to change far too much where we don't need to change. We're trying to reinvent, reinvent a wheel that doesn't need reinventing. Let people play and see where they get to. Let people make their choices. Can I just jump in on, I guess this just brought, just broad, can I jump in quick, very quickly on that, just broadening? Just probably what Harmi just said from there, and I guess yeah. Once again, going back to that human side of it, and something Harmi said earlier as well that one thing I've always felt, one thing, one where I've actually where I have been quite uncomfortable with the with a lot of the the rhetoric in, and and the review itself is that you know I've written a lot about Michael Hogan actually in the last week. I think he's a perfect example. Of this albeit not English, made his debut at twenty eight, didn't have a traditional route in the game. You know, if the cards had been dealt differently, he might have played the odd test for Australia if he'd stayed in Australia. But came over here, became a very, very good counter pro. Just retired at forty-one. He's had a brilliant career. He's taken nine hundred plus professional wickets. Ultimately, he was no, he couldn't play, wasn't going to play for England despite his UK passport, and he wasn't going to play for Australia because he was over here. Um, none of that means he has failed. In fact, I'd say he's had one of the great careers of, of this century. Um, and where I get uncomfortable is you've not is the idea that high performance means you played for England and not that you've got the most out of yourself. There will be a lot of professional athletes who are who are not good enough to, or don't get the opportunity to, or the cars don't, or you know, or things don't go their way, and they don't make the very top grade. They don't they don't 
have the international career that Jay Root's having and you know that James Anderson's had and, and the harm he had but none of that means you failed I mean you know take Graham Onions you know like he played I think he played nine tests or something that, which is mental in a different era he'd have played millions but he was behind Army and then then behind Jimmy like that doesn't mean you've not done well and it also doesn't mean that if you say like that's where I've always been quite uncomfortable it's not for me just because you might not be an international cricketer it doesn't mean that you don't have a place in the professional sport you know if you look at all those great Olympic stories they're often of the blokes who couldn't swim but won you know but, but won the race because everyone else got disqualified like and that's well, granted that's extreme there is a there are a lot of very good I mean gee I mean take Darren Stevens. I mean look Steve should probably, should probably have played for England in white ball cricket at one point or another but he didn't he's retired you know he might not retire but he's been released at 46 years old none of the fact that he didn't play international cricket doesn't have an England cap doesn't mean you know it shouldn't mean anything like you know you can look at the success of careers can be framed in enough ways that you shouldn't be carving up a game solely to feed into your international team yes you need to look after the guys who've got the potential to to make the grade as best you can that's why a lot of the review is very good in terms of a, in terms of the restructuring of the Lions in terms of the way that the actual pathway for the players with high potential are looked after and looked at and a lot of that's what's fallen away with Covid but but for the guys underneath and for the guys who might make it you know might you have a brilliant year someone like a don't I take Ben Compton for example let's say he cracks out the same numbers three years in a row and then suddenly for all the algorithms in the world he might force his way into contention like, and even if he doesn't what he's done this year and actually we were talking about good stories earlier I mean what a brilliant story for the summer that was this guy who played two's cricket for to lose 28 and got his chance was averaging 100 through the first month of the season like it's and it's probably guaranteed himself another three, four, five years of a career. Like there's, you know, you can have a successful career without a system being funneled into, I guess, focusing mainly on the international game. And and I don't think the guys, and as I say, there are a lot of guys who I really admire on the counter circuit who, who know they're not international cricketers. But I, I do think it'd be, it'd be really sad if that was lost in, because talking about human stories, they are, that's a lot of them, you know, and, and you're, cut, you're cutting a lot of humans adrift. Yeah, to, to, you know, for, for what? For the England team. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Look, there was um, 
it was a story that started last week, actually, and I, I don't actually know the answer. I know that Jack Leach mentioned something on Twitter about why he didn't play for Somerset. But essentially, I was at the Oval watching Surrey beat Yorkshire. Ben Folk's Ollie Pope were had just played in the fifth test match against South Africa and then suddenly they're back at the Oval playing for Surrey. George, tell me why it was that some players were released by the ECB and some players weren't released by the ECB. Can you just run through it? Yeah, as a general rule, it's always up to the player. The ECB will take the flack, always, but it's up to the player. So what you're alluding to, really, let's be honest, and what people will be talking about is why Joe Root wasn't playing for Yorkshire. Yeah, can I can I just make one point? Can I? Sorry, George, just very very briefly before, because I was going to ask a specific question. Because back in 2016, Adil Rashid didn't play for Yorkshire, right? Uh, for that game at the end of the season, there's some stuff had happened. I think a family member was ill, but essentially, and I at the time I thought it was pretty out of order to question the guy, but they did question him. The coach questioned him, and the captain publicly. So, are we going to see the same thing for Joe Root? On Twitter, Andrew Gale said he wanted to take 11 people onto the pitch, or wanted 11 people to follow him onto the pitch, I think he said, which meant there would have been 12. Come on. Uh, Anyway, uh, (laughs) a lot of people in Yorkshire, a significant number of people in Yorkshire, have never forgiven Adil Rashid. And uh, I think that's disgraceful. And I suspect that you know where I think those thoughts are based. And I also suspect that when the whole story is told... The reason Adil Rashid didn't want to get it be in that dressing room all the time is for the reasons that Azim has made public. Now, having said that, uh, I, I think Joe Root has asked for time off, and I think he's deserved it. And I have nothing but uh, uh, praise for him having the bravery to say, do you know what, I need to spend some downtime, I need to spend some time with my family. If he wants to go and play golf with Piers Morgan, that strikes me as a weird way to spend his downtime. But bloody good luck to him. He, he, he owes England nothing. I saw him work himself to the frazzle of a man where everything in his life was beginning to feel the strain. Uh, I I really regret if he gets any criticism for this. They've been living in bubbles for a couple of years. He gave it everything. He bloody deserves a holiday, is is my my own view. Can I I just add on? I just spoke to um, Lisa Kiley, who's just just left as England women's head coach, and something she said that really resonates with what George said, actually, is that... um, it's easy to it's easy to say that these guys have had time off, that they you know it's not been like they've been playing cricket all the time and weird lockdown and all that kind of thing, but actually, the time off they've had in the last two three years, no one's had the chance to to get away, to actually escape, cricket, and this is really if you think about it the first proper time at the end of the twenty twenty two season for three years where where guys have, you know, given the chance to get away from the sport can actually get away from the sport. Otherwise, you've still been, you know, you've not been able to get that far away, have you? You've been, you know, you could sit at home and not play cricket, but what are you going to do? You're going to turn on the TV and watch it instead. Like, if you want to go and play golf ahead of, a, you know, a winter where, you know, yes, it won't be quite the same restrictions as the past, but, but you know, he's, he's off to, when's it, when will he be leaving, George? Middle, time, of, like, middle, and, of, middle of November, I would have thought. They'll go. Harmy, considering he's not playing in the, in the T20 World Cup, he's not going to be playing in January. Do you think, knowing Joe Root as you do, that he might wish he had played? No, I don't think so. I, I hope not. I hope not. Um, and anybody that has a go at Joe Root for, for not playing in this game wants their head red. For the, 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 what he did as England captain, what he's been doing countless times over the winter, 
he's batted by himself for now these three years in winter in cricket. So, and the lived-in bubbles, everything that goes. Yes, he's been seen playing golf with, and obviously Piers Morgan's in that group. I tell you one thing, he will, he will say, John. Yeah, he might think he might have could have played that. He didn't. He didn't probably volunteer to play with Piers Morgan. He was put with Piers Morgan because it's at the Alfred Dunhill competition where you get put with different people and celebrities, and that's that's unfortunately. The look of the draw, unfortunately, Joe's got a chance and he's had the chance and misfortune to play with Piers. Sorry, Piers, but Ivoni's up there. I think Goffey's been up there many, many times. But the, the, look, the, the crux of the matter is, Holly Pope, Ben Folks, for me, they had a history this year with Surrey County Critic Club and a chance to win the championship. Ben Folks nearly got in my team of the summer, championship team of the summer, nearly. John Simpson got in ahead of him for what for what folks did at the start of the summer, but Ollie Pope got in my team in the summer because what he did before the first Test match, he got Surrey to propel themselves to to win the championship. So they had one eye on what was happening always. Joe didn't; he hardly played if he did, if he did play at all. If Harry Brook was in England and golf playing golf, then I might have had something to say, but not Joe Root. Not for what their kids gone through through the last sort of four or five years. He's been England captain. In arguably the toughest time to be an England captain in the history of our game during COVID. But we'll England cricket, English cricket will benefit Joe Root having this little time off, Linda off. You'll go to Pakistan, go to New Zealand and be ready for the ashes. I agree. For, for what it's worth, Norma, when you and I have been on the road many times, if I had my life again, and I say this as a, a guy of a certain age, with children of a certain age, and in the middle of a divorce, <laughs> I would work far, far less and make sure I had a lot more holiday with my family. I got that wrong. I'm glad he's not. And I actually, actually think Joe Root said as much, didn't he, when he... Well, he said as much since he let go of the captaincy as well, that he realised how much it was consuming him. And, you know, I, I suspect part of that reflection process is realising that when you need a break, you need a break. And, you know, if it inconvenienced the team that... Ultimately, he's played three championship games this season. And, you know, I, I think... If take Sus- I think Sussex is a pretty good example, actually. Look, they finished seventeenth out of eighteen. They've been, frankly, desperately poor. But if you put Ollie Robinson and Joffrey Arch into the team, yeah, they're a much better team. They're centrally contracted, and you are naive to the point of negligent if if you're a county relying on guys who are on central contracts to come and bail you out. And you know, look, yeah, Joe Root, the type of guy he is, could easily have said, yeah, what's one more game of cricket? You know, could have gone and done it. And look, he loves the club and all that stuff. But but you know, you've got a big old squad. And, and as, we, as we said earlier, you know, I mean, I, th- I think where Yorkshire are unfortunate as well, obviously down Milan's away as well, so they are, you know, that's not to say that they've not, they, they've not been without a large old part of their side for, for this week, but, you know, you win championships, you lose championships over 14 games, and Gloucestershire have won the last two, but, they can, but they're finishing bottom, you know, it's, it's the way it works, isn't it? Like, you could get points earlier in the season, I guess, and, and they're not in this position going into the last day. Okay, that's the def- that's the definitive definitive take on it um, guys we're coming to the end of the show and the end of the series as well hopefully we'll be back next year I've absolutely loved doing this show um, I've actually just loved listening to you guys talk about counter cricket to be honest with you so hopefully the listeners have too but I just before we leave and I can see that George is being pressurised to leave Edgbaston Cricket I, I, Ground well, the, 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 I'm stopping the cleaners doing their work which is uh, no no okay. no I'm very grateful for you thank you no no don't <laughs> be sorry I'm sorry that, that's all very quickly George your one takeaway from the County Championship t- 2022. Oh, bloody hell. I wish you'd given me some notice on that. Uh, it's 
It's still bloody great, if I'm honest. It's challenged, it's got problems, but you know, again, I'll go back to sort of family stuff. Your children might have problems at times. They're still bloody lovely. Uh, I, I had marginally more time than George. Um, I think there's been a lot of really good cricket. I don't mean that in a bland way. I mean that, you know, a lot of batters scored a thousand runs. And in the end, actually, a lot of bowlers taken 40, 40, 40 to 60 odd, 70 odd wickets, which I suspect is the, you know, versus previous years when it's been a real struggle to a thousand and you've had all sorts of guys taking 50, 60 wickets. So I suspect that's a pretty good balance to have stumbled upon. And look, if you've got it going down to the final day in one way or another, final round as it did, rather, certainly in both divisions, then we're at the top and the bottom, then, you know, it's probably sign of a decent competition, I would say. And what about you, Harmy? At the start of the uh, the very first following on county cricketer, you tipped Matt Potts to be the uh, the one to watch and Surrey to win the county championship. What's yeah. your takeaway moment from uh, from the year? I, I'm like George, that this game is still the best. It's still a pinnacle for me. Uh, always will be. And over the class, last couple of years, we've neglected it. Again, we've come back to taking a beating in the ashes to have a serious look at What's wrong with the game? Pitches became the big thing. Well, actually, we looked after it at the start of the season and the majority of the season, the pitches were great. The pitches were a lot better. And like Nick said, there's a lot more batters scored runs, less wickets for the top end. I mean, there's only one bowler took 60 wickets this season. So for me, if you if you look after it and you protect it, you'll get rewarded from it. And I think we have done this year because we got, a lot of counties got a lot of stick from the minute we left Australia to the minute the first ball was bowled in first class cricket this year. So for me, I think if we protect it and no, don't neglect it, we will get benefits from it. And I think that that's what we've had this summer because I think we've had some very, very good cricket and we've also had some good performances in county cricket, let's be fair. We've got an opening batter out of county cricket in Alex Lees, whether he stays there or not, Who who knows? Ollie Pope went into a tough role as an England number three in the form of his life, scoring nearly 600 runs in the first five, six games of the season. And if somebody had offered Matt Potts a a whole season for Durham 12 months ago, he would have snapped your hands off and he's got four England caps. For me, that's come out of county cricket. So can't be all bad. And it's been really good fun doing this, guys. Thank you, John, for inviting us. And I I really, really love the fact that Harmy still has that passion. You know, a lot of older pros, retired pros, they become a bit a bit sour and disillusioned, but I bloody love his passion. I love it. It's uh, it's spirit reviving. Uh, so it's been really good fun to do this, and thanks for the feedback from the listeners too. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Well, look, I've, yeah, uh, I've absolutely me. I felt, I felt vast and um, qualified at times. <laughs> oh, shut up, mate. Sometimes. <laughs> you're the only one who's competent. You much more than if anyone, yeah, well. if anyone, If any of the listeners are wondering who, who I am, I, I'm... Staring into my screen, wondering the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, guys, hopefully we'll be back next year. Yeah, and watching. Um, but yeah, look, it's been great bringing this to you, Talk Sport and uh, the Cricketer Magazine and, and Harmy as well. And hopefully we'll be back next year. And my standout memories is just uh, for all of baseball, for all the brilliance and don't get me wrong, Trent Bridge was amazing. You know, at tea on day five, still not knowing which way a test match is going. That's what you want. But my favourite moments of the summer, it was today. And it was also the worst bit. It was Surrey losing in the, Nat West, in the uh, Vitality Blasters, Yorkshire. It hurt so much. 
and it just reminded me about, about how much I care. That's and that's really it. And then of course, to then beat Yorkshire and win the t- <laughs> win the title was obviously quite sweet as well. Anyway, that's enough about Surrey. Sam Moorshead's going to get my case. I'll see all you got two of you guys at the Clicker Writers next week. And Harmy, I'll see you when I see you. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening and watching. Following on, County Cricketer, we will be back. Well, that's it for another edition of Following On. Thanks uh, for listening. And if you ever have any ideas for guests or have questions for uh, the likes of Steve Harmison or Neil Manthorpe, feel free to tweet me at Fulham John or via at cricket underscore TS. And uh, either I or one of the team will make sure that your questions are read out uh, on the show at the earliest convenience. Also, please take the time to leave a review. And if you're already a subscriber, then tell your mates to do the same. And if you want more content from the likes of Steve Harmison, then head over to his YouTube channel and tell him I sent you. Thanks for listening to Following On. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.